Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Maddie Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. A show that I uh, did not expect to be as excited as I am uh, for, but I am beyond, beyond excited now. Now that he's got two shows under his belt, uh, Ed O'Brien, EOB on your Bonnaroo lineup. This show is going to, I think, be the sleeper. Uh, I, I want to talk about it in future episodes and let him get a couple more shows under his belt. But Ed O'Brien from Radiohead uh, put together something really special at Lincoln Hall last night. This is a Bonnaroo podcast for Bonnarubians by Bonnarubians, the What Podcast. I'm Brad Steiner. It's Barry Corder. Welcome uh, to our little chat with uh, some Patreons today. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, it's amazing to me that we keep finding people from literally across the country. One's in uh, um, Washington, one's in Dallas. Um, you, for me, you could have just stopped. I can't believe we keep finding people. Yeah, <laughs> that are willing to talk to us. <laughs> Want to speak to these idiots. Good point. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the connections that we all have, are it's pretty universal, isn't it? I mean, we were hearing the same right. things. Uh, that we have been saying amongst ourselves right. and to hear from somebody, you know, all the way across the country, which, by the way, just blows my mind that they're willing to make that trek. No kidding. You know, and it's easy for us. We, you know, we're 45 miles away. But for somebody uh, like Liesel, who we'll talk to a little bit later on this afternoon, uh, who's in Seattle or Timothy, who's in Dallas, for them to fly in. And for Liesel, put all of her camping equipment on her back and fly all the way from Seattle to do this is beyond comprehension for me. Yeah. I mean, this is not how I interact with the festival. I would, I don't know if I ever could interact with the festival this way, but my God, they do. And yeah, I mean, that think is about a it. Huge commitment. If we forget something, we pop in the car and go home and get it. Right. Or we call a friend and if, say, bring what was. If I don't feel so well, I just drive home. Yeah. Just drive home, or That's hey, insane. I 
forgot to you know forgot to bring whatever we just pick it up and yeah friends are out. on the way anyway so you might as well just ask them to do so it so that's that's a level of com- commitment and to do it repeatedly really speaks to the festival i think uh yeah and and also the fact that they keep you know finding ways oh, put it this way you bring it up in the conversation we have with timothy you know they've spent so much time figuring out exactly the things that are necessary for somebody to come across the country or get into an rv and power an rv um or find a way to get into group camping or family camping like mm-hmm. liesel did they found vig- very interesting ways of making the campsites and the plazas acceptable for a living being yeah. for five days. Uh, and that's a testament to them and the investment that they put into to this festival. I was going to say, talk about investment. Timothy spends all that time putting together his spreadsheets and set lists. A whole spreadsheet. Of set lists. For set lists, yes. Just set lists, yes. <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Yeah, you might, you might learn something from uh, Timothy. It's a really good idea, though, when, when somebody's like willing to work that hard for every artist on the, on, the, on the lineup. If you've got somebody like that in your group, use them. Use yeah. them in their music, musical knowledge. Well, the, his friends use him. They'll come to the show and they'll say, all right, I want to leave. But I want to hear this song. How yeah. many more songs? And he just say, uh, three more. Man, I could have used that. So yeah, Pine Grove's <laughs> on the lineup this year. And look, I like Pine Grove all right. I find it to be a tad too whiny sometimes. Um, but we went to see Pine Grove at Music Midtown years ago when uh, Old Friends was like just hitting. That song is if you don't if you don't know the song, then then I'm sorry. But the uh, their main hit, I was like, oh, I just want to see this one song because I love this song so much. And uh, I show up and we're like two songs in. I missed like the first two songs. We listened to this entire show, which, by the way, is the rule that I'll, I'll give any musician any tip I give me. Don't wear shorts on stage. <laughs> Do not wear shorts on. You look ridiculous. Um, so uh, he uh, they go through the whole show. And by the end of it, I'm like every song. My friends are ready to go. My yeah. friends are like, we got to get out of here. This is just not yeah. working. I was like, but just wait. My song's coming up. I know it's coming up. I know I it's coming the up. List. We waited the entire show. <laughs> and I looked back on the setlist.com. It was the first song they played. Oh, the worst. I needed that. I needed Timothy and his setlist checklist. Wow. <laughs> I needed it. And I didn't have it. Wow. The beauty of having a setlist guy. Well, uh, I mean, we're talking to them because they're, they're Patreons, which we very much appreciate. Yeah. Um, we can't believe you guys listen to us, number one, but that yeah. kind of commitment. It means a lot. It means a lot. So uh, amongst uh, a lot of other Patreons we're going to talk to this year, because we like talking to Bonnaroovians, you know? We like talking to you. We like talking about this festival. So we've got two today, uh, Liesl and Timothy. Timothy from Dallas. Let's start there on the What Podcast. Barry Corder, Brad Steiner. Uh, Timothy, you're from Dallas? Dallas. How long have you been in Dallas? Mostly since 97, lived in L.A. one year, but otherwise Dallas. Really? So you come from Dallas to Bonnaroo every year? That's obscene. Yeah, every year. No kidding. Do you drive or fly? I fly. Uh, I'm lucky enough to get other people to do the driving for me. Yeah. We, we do RV, and there are a couple guys that get the RV up there, and I just fly in, fly out. Oh, you're, such a, you're such a mooch. Nice. Total moocher. I know. To do it. I try to make up for it in other ways, though. You oh, know, we all that's our part, right? 
don't don't start talking dirty to us. Don't start talking dirty. Uh, so everybody's when, got a role to play. Yeah, it takes all kinds, my friend. So when you um, when you fly, do you come with anything, or you just expect it to be there ready for you when you get there? I've always thought about like somebody shipping something to the post office at Bonnaroo and going to pick up your stuff and be like, "Yeah, yeah I'm here to get my uh, camping equipment." Well, it's kind of the whole point of the group camping thing wasn't it and it's one of the that's perks right, yeah. is you that's, could ship you your stuff and they'll take care of it for you and have it uh, where, like if you ship it where do you pick it up i don't know is that what you do or i don't i'm, I'm feeling very guilty as i sit here and answer this question thinking about how easy i have it but what we do uh we have other guys in texas they load up the rv i mean all the groceries everything we need canopy you name it they drive it up there. I mean, all I've got is a small bag that I just have to drag over to the campsite. And, and of course, my friends are going to see this, and they're going to know how easy that a couple of us have it after we're watching this. But, I mean, we show up, and it's everything set up. It's beautiful. It's ready to go. And it's Thursday, you know, morning, kind of noonish, and we're, we're just rolling. So we don't ship anything. It's all just driven in with the RV. How many, how many years? So our first year was 2013. Okay. We did Firefly the year before, the first Firefly. Loved it. That's kind of what got us on the really on the festival thing. And then the idea was we would do it again. And the lineup, we liked Bonnaroo better. And we went with Bonnaroo and then never looked back. Yeah, so you figured it out. That's like us. We've over the years kind of, I mean – it's very familiar now. It's almost like home because everything is in the same place and yeah. we have the same routines. And yeah. I've, I've really wanted to petition them to just like keep our setup there. You know, I can't, what are you using this woods for? You're not using any of this. I, I, I agree. Don't just pick up my trash. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Barry wants to fence it off and put some chickens at our campsite just so he knows exactly where to go every year. That's my goal is to get livestock this year. <laughs> I mean, we have animals at our campsite just <laughs> human ones yeah. <laughs> they are a disgusting bunch how much is, has it changed uh over the years timothy for you guys do you add something new every year or is it pretty much you got it figured out well you know i've heard you all talk about a lot how you kind of add something every year i don't know that we really have i i do feel like we've kind of figured out what works for us and done it one thing bonnaroo added that was a massive game changer for us was uh you know, it used to be we would have to bring in gas and a generator. And we joked this generator, we called it the Whisper 3000 because, I mean, you could hear this thing a million miles away. Our neighbors, I'm sure, hated us yeah. at the time. They were going crazy because it was so loud. Now we pull this RV or camper up, and Bonnaroo has it where you can pay up a little bit and just plug in. So you've got AC all the time. And, again, now I know – People listening to this are going to be like, are you kidding me? I'm in a tent and you're in the AC. In the, but in the RV spot, they have plug-in stations? How like how how far away from each other are they? I mean, they, if you're in that area, so like within camping, and, and we do, you know, save up, pay up, and we do VIP camping. And so there's a section of VIP camping for RVs, and there's a section of that section that has okay. electrical. Hookups. And you just, when you're buying your ticket, and you're buying your RV spot, you pay up to get that, and no then kidding. you show up and plug it in, and you're good to go the whole time. It's now, great. just as an aside, how how much are you talking? What is the what is the the pay up cost for power? I don't I don't remember. Um, I mean it's it's not it's it's far from free, but you know we're like six ways. Yeah. But um, 
you know, I don't want it's it's a few hundred dollars for sure. And, and so somebody who has parents at RV all over the country, and when I say all over the country, inside the hundred miles before my mother starts complaining. Um, right. When uh, do they? What about the the you know the the dumping process? Do they give you anything to do that, or you gotta? It's all on you. No, it, it's. I mean, it gets more and more hectic as time goes on. But there are people driving around one to give you water, two to handle the the dumping no process. No kidding! Wow. And you you just pay them. Now the bad part is you need somebody in your camp who is tired and wants to have an excuse that they can just sit back at camp and not yeah. go to show. I already know who that would be on our camp. Barry would handle yeah, that. I know who. <laughs> hey, I cleaned the toilets today, yeah, kids. Who's got toilet today? <laughs> but you know, somebody can act like they're like the hero, even though they want to stay back anyway, and they're like, "I'll I'll wait to you know get everything taken care of." So well, that we, we do have that. Well, each year we we deem somebody MVP of camp. Right, so you get an MVP. Well, if you're the least valuable person, you're on toilets that day. <laughs> you know, toilets. you're on toilets the next year. This is what you have. To, this is your penance for screwing up camp last year. I think it's sort of important to point out the conversations we had last week with Sophie, especially and uh, and Bobby. You asked the question, "Why did it take so long for them right. to get yeah. to the plazas?" And I think this this is it. This is. This is the kind of thing that they were devoting a lot of time and energy to right. to make sure you guys were happy, you know, and it's it's sort of one thing at a time. They can't do it all at once, so. And you've never driven in. You only fly? I only fly, yeah. and it's, it's so easy. Um, so the VIP thing for Bonnaroo, it's not one of my favorite VIPs. There's a lot of them that, that do a better job. To me, the best part about a VIP, if you're going to pay up, are the viewing areas. And the viewing areas for VIP at Bonnaroo are terrible. Yeah, they, they hardly exist. Yeah, there's... Well, they keep you know, moving the that hill closer and closer. Well, no, the, they keep moving the hill, okay? <laughs> they keep moving the hill. Well, my inside baseball, I was getting ready to throw in that, I don't know if you knew, but they moved the hill and it made it work. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's come up. I'm going, I'm going to my grave saying that they moved the hill. And you can bury me on that hill, damn it. Uh, before they moved that hill, it was still bad viewing area. But one thing that's huge is if you do VIP, you don't have to wait in the car line to get in. There's a separate entrance to come in. So we, we the only reason we started doing VIP, because most of what we don't use, is our, the, the people who drive in from Texas, after like a 12-hour drive, then sat one year for seven hours in line. So now... They just pull right in, and then for those of us that fly, we fly into Nashville, we take the shuttle, you usually jump right on it, takes an hour, it pulls straight in, no line, you get out, you walk to your campsite. So that's big, and the VIP campsite is not that far from where the shuttle drops off. Back when we used to do GA, I mean, you had to lace up your shoes. I mean, it was a hike, and that's another advantage with VIP is you're a lot closer to Cineroo, I mean, you know, it used to be when we would do regular GA, when we would get in a good mile walk before we were basically there. And so that that's been nice. I don't think I've ever told this story on this show before, but um, my first year I sort of screwed up my credentials and I had no idea what I was doing. I was supposed to be in the media area. But again, this is, you know, year three or two, something like that of Bonnaroo. So they didn't really understand where to go. And there was it was not clearly marked. And it was a total S show, right? So uh, I I end up in GA, and 
I have no idea. This is a kid who didn't doesn't camp. I don't go outdoors. I don't like people. I don't like like it. Just never was something that I even could wrap my head around. So we get there. We we set up our camp and and um, you know we're walking and walking. Like you finally get into. I mean, this is like when when that when the walk was people along the way selling you dryer doors. You know they would <laughs> just sell you anything that they could pull off of their body. Here's a sock. Can I have a dollar? It was so strange. Well, uh, at night, because nothing was lit, there was no markers, there was no signs, you take one right turn, every car looks the same at night, okay? There's no yeah, like discernible yeah, yeah. marker for you to go to, so you take the wrong turn, you're walking. That hike that you're talking about, imagine taking the wrong turn and making that mile walk in the wrong direction. We did it, and I could not have been more scared. It was like the opening scene of Lean on Me, you know, where the... <laughs> <laughs> the principal is getting his head beat into the ground. I was scared out of my mind. Um, I remember there being a fire, uh, and then one girl ran up to me, butt-ass naked, screaming, PCP! <laughs> and crashing to the ground. That was when we decided to leave. <laughs> I was going in the wrong direction. And ever since then, I've sort of like figured this whole th- thing out, and I think the... Um, the world around it has gotten just a tad bit better. It's a little uh, better, but it was a free for all back then, and that hike is is not one to uh, no, it's to, it's to forget. Forty five hurts to an hour for some folks. Well, my first experience was not unlike yours. We showed up on Thursday, didn't know what we were doing, went in, had a great time. Everybody left but me. I stayed late, not processing that my camp area was going to look totally different because it's Thursday and people are coming in. And it's going to be dark. And it's going to be dark. And I wandered around for a couple hours, it felt like, until finally I was walking back to sleep in Cineru, and all of a sudden I saw my RV like a beacon in the night. I mean, it's the happiest (laughs) I've ever been. Of course, I'm calling my friends. Their phones are either dead or turned off. They're not listening. I wanted to never come back again. And then, but you figure it out, right? And I was never a camper either, for sure. But this is the part of the Bonnaroo thing that I actually have turned around to love so much. It's that first story, that first year, then the second year you get a little better at it. And it didn't matter if you started in 2013 or I started in 20, you know, 2003 or so. You know, it didn't matter. That first year is always such a, you know, mind screw. And then the next year you get a little bit better and the next year you figure it out and then by then you're so hooked that it doesn't matter what happens. Yeah, I think you even commented last year when we were up there how it felt smaller or just different and and i had to remind you it's because we've been 15 times we know pretty much where the you know all for a new person their mind is like what in the world disney world have i just put myself in but the people that work at disney world know every step around the place i wonder how many times people have crawled into the wrong tent Right. You know, at three and four in the morning, I had a kid try to crawl into mine last year at two or three in well, the morning. Yeah, I bet he left tried his shoes, to. Yeah, left sure. His shoes right outside, and we're not Lure, out and, luring young ones into your tent later. Yeah, night well, I had there. the candy, the doing? candy trail. <laughs> um, how many people in your Gross group? Dad. You said six. It varies a little bit, but it's usually been about six. Uh, we've had five or six almost every year, and it's the RV is always completely full, uh, and it's about that that amount. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We have ours varies. We've had what twenty to 
Anywhere from God. 10 I mean, to in, 20 in, or whatever. In the heat of like Saturday morning, uh, there are people in our camp that I just don't, I don't, <laughs> don't, I don't know who know. you are. Yeah, I have no idea who you are. But you're eating all my food and you're taking help all yourself. of my things. So help yeah. yourself, I guess. I have no idea. You said you go to several, right? You, you, I did. Um, compare. I mean, we talk about all the time the Bonnaroo being a, a camping. It, it makes it so different, but. You, you know, you experience a lot of the other ones. How do you Firefly compare? Firefly 2013 or 2012? 2012. Huh? And then again, in, I think it was 2015, we did Bonnaroo, a few of us, not the whole crew, did Bonnaroo Firefly back to back. We 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 took the RV from Manchester to Dover wow. and did it back. Yeah. And that was a great comparison for your question, Barry, because, I mean, they're all great in different ways, but uh, the reason we come back to Bonnaroo is the cliche answer. It, the experience, the people, and the, I mean, like, nothing against Firefly. It's beautiful. We had a great time. The lineup was maybe the best lineup I've ever seen. Is that seen. McCartney year? It was McCartney, and it was Morrissey, and I'm a huge Morrissey no guy. No kidding. I forgot Morrissey was, was there. Nice. I mean, it had all kinds of stuff, but everyone's nice, but there, it's just a totally different feel. It feels more like you're going to a bunch of concerts, where Bonnaroo feels like an experience, and you know, like I go to Hangout every year. Hangout is beautiful. They've got the VIP thing. I mean, it's worth paying up. The, That's exactly right. That's exactly it's right. It's baked in. Obviously, you're not getting it for free, but the the uh, alcohol and food is all part of it. They're, you're sitting in swimming pools. There's viewing areas. I mean, just being on the beach there would be great. And there's music. But why do you sweat it out in Bonnaroo and, you know, work to get there and all that stuff? Even if the lineup may not be my favorite, it's because of the entire experience. There's nothing even close. And the camping is what makes it great. And I was like, you, Brad, I mean, I, I never had any interest in camping. I mean, before festivals, you couldn't have paid me to do it. But it really made me understand, at least under this version, I do it. I mean, I realize a lot of people are going to hear this and say, you know, being in an RV with an electro hookup is not doing Bonnaroo. And I'm not saying that. I agree. It's probably not. It works for me. And that's the part. That's the part of like the experience year after year after year is trying to figure out how it works for you. Yeah, that's exactly. Some right. people work really well in GA and love every second of it. There are people that camp with us that would prefer to be in GA. Yeah. Now yeah. that they have the plazas and everything that they have out there, like there, there are people that would spend more time in GA than spend time backstage with us, and that's fine by me. You know, uh, it, it, it you really just got to find your niche and find your people. You find anybody? You meet anybody at Bonnaroo? You come back to every year that you only see at Bonnaroo? You know, we really haven't, other than our our core group. I mean, we always make lots of friends, and we'll end up hanging out with people at shows. I mean. I, a bunch of things are running through my head at times, but it, it is kind of like ships passing in the night, and then it seemed like, for the most part, we've ended up seeing people again. I, I ask that because I wonder if it's the same guy every year that uh, walks around, because I was looking through some of my photos from the years past, and I keep taking the same photo of the same sign every year, yeah. and I wonder if it's the same guy holding the sign, I eat ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying to know if that's the uh, same guy every year. There's a bunch of people. <laughs> oh yeah, it's my thing. That's my thing. I took. I did that first. <laughs> no, I was the guy that had the I eat ass first sign. Everybody else copying me. <laughs> I get that question all the time, uh, Timothy. People will say you camp. You know, looking. Uh, I mean, I'm 56, so I'm sure it's part of the reason they ask. But uh, some people just don't camp. But weird, you don't look a day over 56. I appreciate that a lot. It means it means a bunch. Um, 
but you know, you figure it out. I, I bring two air mattresses, which are key. We have a Bloody Mary tent, which we talk about all the time. It's not exactly roughing it. You know, no, uh, yeah, it, we have a tent just for Bloody Marys. We have a tent just for a kitchen. We have, you know, uh, I, I am a diva among all. I mean, of, of all the divas in the world, I am the top of the top. I've got a floor to ceiling mirror, ceiling fans. You know, I've got to have 700 square feet of carpeting. It's ridiculously it's, stupid. Yeah. So, I mean, we make it the we make the best of it. And I think that's what people what we what we have learned for people going for their first time. They'll ask don't bring too much i mean i think people overpack but we bring too much we do um but i mean you don't need to bring everything to eat it's gonna go bad there's plenty of good food inside santa Rosa, so that's one of those things i remember my daughter and a couple of her friends went and they spent 12 months i mean making lists and i kind of did too uh, and then you learn you know you don't need that you do need that it's, right, but here's here's the secret about these lists that people make, and I see a whole lot of them on, on Reddit, and the reason they're making the list is not because they're, like, super anal. It's because they're just excited. There's some of You're that. just wanting to, like, like, talk about it and think about it. Like, I... I've got to move soon, right? And uh, I started packing like three weeks ago. I don't need to pack for another two weeks. Yeah. But I'm doing it now because I'm just excited That's to go. Right. I'm ready to get going, you know? I get that. And I, and the lists are fun and reading and listening to podcasts and, you know, getting other people to experiences. But it's, it's again, you don't have to pack like you're going to the, you know, Alaska for six months or whatever no. that's how you and i are different i well, africa or I, 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 do, I feel like i feel like i can't take enough like i want to keep bringing more things oh. you know i want to get like the, the the deal for like camp is i want to keep making this experience not just more comfortable for me but i want you to remember when you walked into our camp you know our our buddy lord taco who you know is our is our producer of the the show he brings the the volkswagen bus and if you know, if our marquee wasn't the thing that that reminds you of the camp, the Volkswagen bus yeah. is going to. Yeah. Uh, and if it's not the Volkswagen bus, it's going to be everybody's giant cartoon heads on a stick. Uh, and that's the reason why we have like twenty people that we don't know end up on Saturday morning hanging out with us. That's what I like about it. You well, know, that's what let I, me let me clarify. What you're talking about is the glamping type of stuff, and I agree with that. We do. We bring like last year we brought a mailbox. Uh, which I still think is pretty funny. For no reason whatsoever. No reason. Just to bring mailbox. Just, it was funny. I'm talking about like the essential type of things yeah. where, you know, the overpacked clothes or the overpacked food or things like that. So uh, are you... Are you, you telling me that I shouldn't bring my bunny outfit? Uh, if you're telling me I can't bring no, my bunny onesie. You know what we didn't bring? Are robes. We never did do that. We didn't bring a robe, We didn't no. do the robe thing. Turns out, here's the thing about the robe party, in uh, especially late at night little too cold for a robe it's pretty chilly at night i don't want to be tracing around the the the, yeah, the campgrounds and and Cineru in a robe what's the essentials that you bring is it the same thing every year yeah, very basic and and pretty boring in fact i do listen to you you all talk about your camp and we we probably need to up our game in terms of a lot of the things you were just talking about it's for us it's it's t-shirts, shorts or bathing suits, comfortable shoes, hats, sunglasses, and you're, you're getting pretty close to the end of the list. You right got a there. camp name? You got a camp name? You got a you got a guy that that operates the whole thing? You got a camp leader? What do you got? Well, we that's an, it, we don't have a camp name, so we mm-hmm. need to work on that. In terms of camp leader, we really do have like a like I was talking about. Everybody has a role. Like I'm an obsessive by nature. 
I go through and figure out all the shows we think we're going to go to. I go to Setlist FM. Really? I the Setlist, preferably a festival Setlist where a band has done it before, but if not the regular one. And I put all of them on Spotify. So anybody in our group, if they want to listen to it, not, they can hear the whole set list. We'll be there, you know, no in a show. Kidding. Somebody's thinking they want to take a break, and they're like, what song's coming on next? And I can use it. <laughs> I handle the obsessive part. Wow. You've got we, a spreadsheet ready to go every time you go to a show. I've never heard this before. I, I, well, it's an illness, but it is what it is. you, know, you got to know who you are, right? And that's who I am. <laughs> Uh, so we've got me handling that. We've got other people handling getting the RV there, doing the grocery shopping. But it's a kind of everybody knows this is your strength. This is my strength. This guy maybe is just here to have a good time. And we, we all work on it kind of together. So do they come to you when they're like, okay, I don't know who I use her a lot. Yola is. Are you the guy that's that's trying to, you know, you know, put the pen in the cushion explaining who Yola is? Is that your role? Right. So usually it starts with the the bands that I'm interested in, I know, or other people will say, hey, have you heard Yola? Um, I don't have any idea. What's that? Okay, well, let me check it out. And I'll make the set list for the act. And then we'll all listen to it and kind of decide. And as you all have said many times, as you can imagine, then we get to Bonnaroo and the plan goes out the window. And <laughs> I was going to say, we have a spreadsheet guy too and it and it, it first of all he gets it wrong well yeah because he sleeps till six o'clock in the afternoon every day gets it wrong and then and then we we go to none of it well wait so <laughs> when you when you make this when you make your spreadsheet or or your spotify playlist you're taking all of your people to these shows they don't like branch off and go somewhere else we we do have some branching off it depends uh there sometimes there'll be people in the group that have a little bit different musical taste than me and they'll branch off more some are not as much, you know, the music nerd that I am. And so they kind of just follow me. And But then if they don't like it, they'll leave halfway through. Or if there's something else they want to do, they'll do it. But sometimes they'll just kind of take my word for it. And especially as, as we're leading up to Bonnaroo, there'll be things that we're getting really excited about that we'll share and say, hey, you have to check out this band. Here's the playlist. Or start with this song first. And then... They may have, when the lineup came out, never heard of the band, but, the, but by the time it's go time, they know it. So if, you, uh, if you're if you making a uh, playlist and a Spotify list and a, a spreadsheet for us, where are you going? Where are you taking us to? Who do you, who you like year? this year? Yeah. Well, I will tell you, I, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I love that everybody is so excited about this lineup. I love that. And I love that it is a Bonnaroo lineup. Like last year, I, ha I tried so hard with Fish. I really yeah. did. We did. I, I knew I couldn't get into it, but I love that they were there. Yeah, because I it gave was, it. Right, right. I gave it. I gave it. You know, fifty minutes and two songs. I gave it the time. I gave it a close to an hour, and I I just couldn't get there. I couldn't. Well, you there. must have heard one of the short ones. If they got two and <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I did. The one I heard was an hour and a half, and I think they were still going when I walked off. But I, this lineup for me, it I it is not a lot of bands that I listen to a lot and that I love. It's not one of my right. favorites. But I'm not worried about that at all. One thing we figured out, you know, we used to fret about lineups and then we figured out it didn't matter. And, and like if you were to ask me my favorite shows, all of them are ones that have the element of surprise. That going into it, I was like, oh, I, I don't know if I'm going to love this. Or when the lineup came out, I was like, oh, man, that band. And then I got into it. So I don't know anything about Tool. I've given it a little bit of a try. It feels like we're going to have a fish situation on our hands with Tool. But 
I'm going to try it. I'm very excited about Lizzo, and I, I know as, as you are as well. Um, I have nothing I, to say. <laughs> I love Young the Giant, which I don't know how much you, you all have, have talked about them. I, I love the Alabama Shakes, so Brittany Howard's going to be great. Vampire Weekend, Tame and Paul. I mean, there's plenty of bands I like. It's not a lot of my kind of wheelhouse bands. What's your wheelhouse? Yeah. Well, my favorite band, I mean, Springsteen is number one for me. Uh, the Killers are right there with it. It's probably whatever whatever it means alternative, you know, these days. I love LCD Sound System. Yeah. That was total Bonnaroo find. Like, you would think, I mean, I'm of the age that that probably should have been right in my wheelhouse. When they were put on the lineup, I was like, oh, I, you know, I'll check this out. That was one of my all-time favorite Bonnaroo shows. In 2016 or the before? Yeah, because you weren't there in 2010. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that one is... Like Jack White in 2014, I think, is, is the best show I've ever been to. And again, I'm not a big Jack White guy, at least going into that. But, you know, it was it had the Tennessee flavor to it. He played a long time. He had this whole thing he was doing where he kept saying, you know, if you, if you haven't got something better to do, I'll, I'll keep playing. And it, everyone was calling for Seven Nation Army and he finally gave it right at the end. I mean, that was a great one. Had the element of surprise. I love the National. I love the Ava Brothers. Last year had a lot of bands I really, you know, were right in my wheelhouse. Future Islands, Walk the Moon, Morrissey. So there's stuff here, but it's it it wouldn't have been. I, I've seen a lot of lineups I absolutely love this year. This one is not as high up the list as some, but I want to go to Bonnaroo, and and that trumps any lineup for me. I wish I had my phone or, or the lineup in front of me. I could go through a couple of things uh, with you and, and suggest something. But I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna throw something at you that you might like a lot, and I'm stunned as to how much I like it. This Ed O'Brien set is gonna be phenomenal. EOB, really? yeah, he's from Radiohead, and he's doing like a cross of Radiohead and Tame Impala. Uh, but you're, it sounds to me like you really like a lane that's pop alternative. And, you know, he's got a little bit of that. This song that you know, we started the show with, it is phenomenal. Shangri-La. He did his first show um, in Chicago, his second show in Chicago. Uh, this Bonnaroo show is going to be one of those things that you look back like, oh, my God, this has turned out to be a lot bigger than yeah. we thought it was going to be. I think he's got something, man. This, this show is uh, going to be one of the sleepers, the sleepers to check out. And I feel like if they put it on at a time early afternoon, not going to be a lot of people there. Because I don't think a lot of people are making the connection that, especially guys like us and, and you know, the people that listen to the show will know who Ed O'Brien is and EOB because we figured it out. But I don't know if there's going to be a lot of like, <clears throat> But you you're know, right. We had to figure it out. We had when to figure it, it out. When it first came out, we were like, ew, whatever. And then the next day, oh, I think cool. we were, what? Yeah. I would check that out. I will make an obsessive set list and then I will share it with my Well, my he's friend. only done two shows. So okay. I don't know if there's going to be much of a set list, but he did the entire album at, at Lincoln Hall last night. Um, we're doing this on a Sunday. So Saturday night he did a second show in Lincoln Hall. I mean, this this guy's good. He's really good. <laughs> I was stunned as to how good this show was. Where does that obsessive, does it intersect with the element of surprise? When you were talking about being obsessive, I mean, you can almost do too much study. And, yeah, you 100%. Know. I think so. And, you know, like I got to see the killers at Bonnaroo and it was great. And that's like one of my favorite bands at Bonnaroo. But I think there is something where I've seen the killers probably 30 times. They are one of those bands that plays all the hits. So it doesn't change that much where when you, you aren't as prepared, you know, it does kind of set my obsessiveness to the side in a way that is freeing and liberating and makes it more right. fun. Right. And with something like LCD, it was like, 
I had been listening to the music, but I just didn't totally know what I was getting in for. Right. And the big go ball comes out and it's, you know, the whole thing's just amazing. I think that really is what, what does it is it kind of sets some of that aside. I think that that LCD sound system show in in uh, 2016 was was damn near one of the greatest shows I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I have been waiting to see them for over a decade, and that moment was was one of the glorious glorious moments I've ever had at Bonnaroo. And LCD is not for everybody. I get it. I know there are people that that dog him out, but uh, LCD's outside of Alabama Shakes, my favorite band on the planet, and. Uh, that was as euphoric as I felt, and why I'm so excited sure. excited to see Tame this year is because Tame and Paula got no favors to me. I mean, they were given no favors going literally from the what to the which that year. Uh, I had to go from the greatest experience I had ever had at Bonnaroo with LCD Sound System outside of McCartney, and then I had to go watch Tame and Paula, and I'm like, well, whatever. Yeah, well, I felt I mean, really bad about Tame. I was like, "This is a great band, and this is a great show, but I just don't care." I'm so at a high from from LCD Sound System, so that's why I'm excited to go back and see Tame because I sort of missed half of it the first time go around. That- right, and I share your uh, concern. I mean, the Witch stage has always been a battle for us, and it took us a while to figure out why. Like, we, but but there is something with the sound over there. The sound is not good. It coming from good. LCD. And it's really not good. And I don't know exactly what the deal is, but they have this on the side. I guess it's so far the side is where the VIP viewing area is. And, you know, that show was crowded. We're running over from LCD. So we come and we stand in there. And, yeah, I mean, that's a great band. I've seen them. I love Tame. But, man, it was not the experience. I think this year is going to be awesome. Well, that's why. That's why I'm sort of bummed out that, you know, we can't ask these people everything, but I'm really bummed out that we never got around to asking yeah. Brian and Steve, what exactly are the changes for The Witch? I mean, if one thing that we missed that I'm more irritated about is, is when we talk to Steve and Brian is, is not asking more about what the actual changes in The Witch were. Now, I appreciate the screen. I appreciate, you know, them putting some stuff into the witch stage in years past. I have had an argument with the sound guy of the witch stage in years past because of how inadequate it feels when I go from tent to tent to the what stage, which is the best sounding stage I have ever seen. You've been to a lot of festivals. You've you've seen what I've never heard a better stage. The sound quality for the what is unbelievable. And I can't stress that enough to anybody who thinks that we're just Bonnaroo, you know, groupies. The reason why we are like this is because it's so well done. The what stage sounds better than any stage I have ever heard in my life. And then go to the witch, where it sounds damn near like you just forgot about it sometimes. And I know a lot of it has to do with the artist, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, a million of other... There's so many things that go into it, I get it. But boy, there's just something that just misses in that space sometimes. And I it really bums me out. Honestly, the best show I ever saw at the witch was like... 14 years ago, 13 years ago, is the yeah, yeah, yes. I mean, the only time that you can get sound that goes that far into the into the the, the field is just hard-driving guitars. Anything else that's got intricacies, it just gets lost in the ether out there. Well, I do have one little trick, which I hate to, to give away because if, if lots of people do it, it's going to go away. But I, the trick I figured out for The Witch is to... If you really want to see somebody, get there early, get in the pit line and get in the pit. Now, that that's not going to change the sound totally, but you're you're so close and in it that it seems to overcome some of those other issues. And when I'm in the pit there, I've, I've really been pretty happy. It's yeah. when I'm away from the pit. That's right. That's where Once I you get to the trees. Once you get to the trees or behind the soundboard, things just get okay. lost. That's right. They get lost. 
That is one of the things, uh, and we haven't talked about it much since uh, since Jeff Quayar, I guess, told us about it. But the traffic is the is their focus, and then fixing the witch, and and we'll have to follow up to see what exactly they're going to do about that. I mean, I think when they sort of moved some of the staging around and opened it up, it seemed to help the flow getting around. That's but I'm not sure it helped the sound so much. So maybe that's what they're having to deal with. Um, yeah, you're not. I mean, you're asking the wrong guy. I know nothing about sound. All the only thing I know about sound is how I hear it, and I don't know how to fix it. I don't know like yeah. this stuff. This is somebody else's deal. I have no idea how any of this works. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I'm hoping it's working. Um, I just worry about my hair looking okay. Yeah. I worry about the same thing. <laughs> I do. He looked good. Look good. I do have a pretty good shine on the head here with the lot. Hoping y'all can take that out in post. You know, just yeah. tighten that. But yeah. We'll talk to our people. We, <laughs> we'll get there, guys. Well, all right, man. Um, what else? Thank you for being a Patreon, first oh, yeah. of all. I mean, and by the way, as a Patreon, uh, uh, many of the Patreons get one of these, which I'm very excited about. This is a mixtape uh, in our uh, What Podcast uh, yep. Specially Designed Box, uh, a mixtape from... We've we've gone back and forth on whether or not you get me Barry or Lord Taco. I sort of now I'm getting to the point. Where I'm just send them all three. Yeah, it's kind just of send them I all three and see. All of them. And then it's and then you guys will realize how much better mine is than all of the, <laughs> these two people. Uh, okay, I just wanted to say that this show uh, with you guys sort of answers the question as to whether or not we can be bought. And so mm. here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Dad needs is, some new golf shirts. The answer is a resounding yes. <laughs> no, nah, we truly appreciate you guys. That's awesome. And, yeah. Uh, thank you. Not not just being Patreons, but listening. I mean, it's it's me. Yeah, no a whole kidding. Lot. And that's what, like if there's if there's a show that you absolutely have to go to that you're going to take your entire campsite at, which one's it going to be this year? What's the absolute go to? Well, it, it's going to be Lizzo because yeah. my campsite is definitely not on the surface going to be excited about that. And I really think last year, the example of that was they had no interest in Post Malone. And I got into Post Malone because of the lineup. I went into them before, but I dragged everybody there and they had an amazing time. And I think Lizzo is going to be like that too, where even if they're not sure it's their thing, it may not be what they queue up when they're in the car. I think that's going to be the one that people are going to talk about. It's just gonna be it's gonna be nonstop fun. Um, I was gonna say if you find the one show that uh, you all go to, we'll we'll join you, but we're not gonna find you, Lizzo. No, we're not gonna find you there. <laughs> Although that is another trick, and my friends are really gonna be upset about me giving this trick away. But I mean, my my biggest regret of Bonnaroo is I, I was literally walking away as Paul McCartney was playing "Hey Jude," and Ooh. I did get to, I did get to make it up because I've seen him several times. But we were so overwhelmed. It was year one. We get to what stage? We're like, there's 80,000 people here. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't, there's ants down there. Mm-hmm. What we figured out is you go to the left side of the stage and down to the front. Can't okay? say that so, out loud. Can't say that I, out I, loud. It's going to no, irritate some people. Out, I know. But if you end up down finding yourself left of stage, maybe we'll see you at Lizzo because we will be down there for uh, sure. Yeah, that McCartney Hey Jude moment. I told the story before. The, uh, the Hey Jude moment was unbelievable because. Um, if I'm, if, I was literally standing behind a, a group of people, and the guy dropped down to one knee and asked the the girl to marry him during Hey Jude, and I just, oh god, I lost it. I absolutely lost. And then it. The, and then the fireworks, right? Yeah, live and live let, let die, die fireworks. That kid was living right. Yeah, I was like, 
<laughs> oh no, it wasn't Hey Jude. I'm sorry, it wasn't Hey Jude. It was um, it was uh, maybe I'm amazed. Yeah. Ah, I screwed it up. Either way, I was crying during Hey Jude too, so it didn't matter. I was crying through the whole show. What do I know? That good show. We learned some lessons. We got to see. I know you guys have talked about Petty. We saw Petty, but again, we were like at the very back of the what, and you know, it, we were totally disconnected. We finally now figured out a little bit about how to get a better spot there. Right on. Well, hey, Timothy, thank you so much for uh, for listening, being Patreon, and, and enjoying the show and, and talking Bonnaroo with us. It's, it's what we love. We love talking Bonnaroo, so hopefully we'll see you on the farm, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I love the show. I hey, really uh, was happy to contribute to it, and it's become my favorite podcast. I mean, I oh, wait good. for it. I obsessively, you know, uh, <laughs> the update, waiting for it to drop, so it's my fave. Keep oh, doing thanks. it. Thanks, thanks so man. Much, we appreciate man. it. It's very, so thanks for doing very humbling. This. appreciate it, buddy. I'll see you soon. Timothy from Dallas, a Patreon, a Patreon-centric episode here on the What Podcast today, uh, just so that we can talk to you, the uh, Bonnaroovian, and uh, some of our Patreons who have been so gracious to um, to help us out along this way, and they're going to get some stuff along the way, like uh, this uh, this mixtape mix from uh, you, me, and Lord Taco. Look nice. at that little mixtape. Interesting to hear, uh, and we'll hear more from um, Liesl, but how people get there and how they camp. He does RV with his buddies. He flies in. They drive the RV. She flies in and, and did tent camping for a while, as you'll hear I mean, about. I know, right? I mean, that that confounds my brain. She is a uh, dedicated, dedicated woman. Yeah. And she yeah. loves this. I mean, uh, like, I love the idea of talking to somebody who is an absolute dedicated musical discovery person uh, because that's what we feel like we are and where I think that the festival does best with people who are really, really trying to expand their palate. Well, to that end, too, you'll hear her say um, she, she has to test people. It gives them a test. I love that part. I love that part. <laughs> Let's thank some uh, other Patreons as well. Jason Hazelbaker, Chloe Howe, Lucy Young, Phil Hanley, Dan Sweeney, Dustin Garrick, Chelsea Davis, Ella, Frank Swanson, Linda Doles, David Grimes, Bill, Ryan Mathewson, Sean McCarthy, and William Wilhoyt. Uh, thank you for your patronage on Patreon. Uh, let's get into a part two. We've got Liesl from Seattle calling in now on the What Podcast. So we are talking to Liesl. Sounds like Diesel, not Leslie. Yeah, and I keep saying Leslie. I apologize. I've really screwed that up, huh? I have really blown it. <laughs> when you have a lifelong name like that, you kind of uh, deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Who's, uh, who's your friend there? Who do you got? This is Leo. Hi, Leo. My cat's name is Leo. I know. I've got weird? a black cat named this Leo. Is awesome. And weirdly yeah. enough, my middle name is Liesl. It's so strange. <laughs> How in the world did that happen? <laughs> Worlds collide. Uh, Thank you for doing this. Yeah, of course. Thanks for listening, too. Yeah, no oh kidding. Why? So this is really early for you. You're where? Where? I'm sorry? You're where? Where are Seattle. you? Seattle. You're in Washington. Seattle. So you come from Seattle to Bonnaroo every year. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. The cat muted the whole thing. Get it? Get it, cat? Cat's cool. That <laughs> cat, cat is my cat. spirit animal right now. DJ Leo. <laughs> the cat is right here. I think I'm five shades of red. That is hysterical. I like the sweatshirt. Do you get that? Do you get that there? And that. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Many ruse ago, I thought, you know, I should go full on ruse. So I have my necklace and my sweatshirt. Yeah. But I've been doing Bonnaroo for a few years now. Well, in a second, we're going to show you Barry's ass tattoo. It's going to be really good. Wait, <laughs> Chillin. 
until that happens. <laughs> it just gets uglier and uglier. <laughs> How many of them have you done? Uh, let's see. 2008 was my first, so I'm coming up on my ninth. Wow, ninth? that's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah, and, so. and do you, I guess and we talked to uh, Timothy just now about how he comes from Dallas. I guess you fly too. You fly as well. Yeah, yeah. I fly. I pack everything, all my camping gear, and my two suitcases. So ultralight tent. Stop it. Shelter. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a group of people that you meet every year there, or how does it work for you when you come from Seattle? Well, now I do. So 2008 was my first, and then after that, I took a hiatus, and then I got laid off from my job. I'm like, screw it. I'm going to Bonnaroo. And so at that time, it was InfoRoo was the only kind of chat medium that you had. So right. I'm kind of a nerd, so I'm on the computer researching everything I can and reading through all the chat groups, and I found InfoRoo. So I went by myself with all of my camping gear and my two rolling suitcases <laughs> and showed up at InfoRoo intent only. And so wow. I made friends then. Yeah. Yeah. I is, mean, that, is that normal behavior for you to venture out on your own like that, or was it just for this normal yeah it's <laughs> pretty i, I mean it's pretty bold brave yeah well i mean it's kind of like why not you know i felt really comfortable with the messaging that had been going on in info room and what was the worst that was going to happen right, right. I, camping by myself but i knew bonner i'd been there once everyone was great so why wouldn't i be fine so you know i rented a car i asked for family camping so I didn't get put out into quarantine, which at that time was like pods one and two. People used to um, get stuck out there and not be able to get into tent only until Thursday out. And so we called it quarantine. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so I asked for family camping, walked right up 5 p.m. on a Wednesday. I was there setting up my tent and I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden these info room people showed up. And That is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean that 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 is essentially the story of this whole festival in that mm -hmm. you're just you're just going to find the people that you belong with no matter what you're going to find the experience that you belong with you know if you're open you're if you're open to it it will find you no matter what was it the that experience and that type of thing that wanted you made you come back or was it a an act a particular lineup um it's never about the lineup yeah it's so we keep hearing that it's so um it's it's never I, I mean Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing because you know, I meet I met these people and now, you know, you become these lifelong friends. You hear that story over and over again. Um, you know, I I I find music I love in the lineup every year. And I happen to be friends with um you remember the you guys once did a podcast with Randy, who was the uh, recorder, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's terrific. Yeah, right. yeah, we we met him at the War and Treaty show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he keeps and, sending me files. He's terrific. Yeah. Yeah, I'm friends with him and his group. So I have that group of friends. I have InfoRoo. I have some super group friends. And, you know, just over time, you know, through the Randy group, I've really kind of dug into the undercard. And so I love that. I just, you know, if I look at this year's lineup, I'm more into the undercard than the top two lines. Well, if, you, if you've been going since 2008 and you took a little sabbatical and you came back, and you're doing it because not the lineup and you're doing it because the experience and the people and what it does for your soul, I imagine. Oh, what yeah. what is the what was what was the artist, what was the show that that got you? Even if it even if it was a mainstay jack, do you have a moment that that hit you that was that was musical? 
Uh, well, okay. Uh, in 2008, there were two. There was, I decided being such a Pearl Jam fan at that time, I would wait in line all day for the Pearl Jam show, working my way through Ozo Motley, B.B. King, Jack Johnson, and getting to Pearl Jam. So the Pearl Jam that, show in 2008. That was the year that Jack uh, brought um, uh, brought uh, Eddie onto the stage with him when he was playing by himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so that year, also the Rackon Tours, that two o'clock show of the Rackon Tours, whatever day that was, face melted. I'm like cemented. You had a phenomenal what stage lineup that year. I mean that. Yeah. I mean just BB King alone. Yeah. You just sat there in the in the sun. You know, I remember that year being very very hot. I remember being insanely hot. And when yeah. he and for some reason Jack Johnson was a fill in that year, was he not? Yeah. Like he showed up because he he was not on the lineup. He showed up by himself because he was filling in from somebody who just canceled. I think that was Mumford and Sons. That, that was, was after. That was, was it? 2013 that was later. or 14 okay. because he was playing with ALO. Um, uh. His friends ALO were on on campus. It's not campus. <laughs> it's like the a farm. campus on the farm. But yeah. it was another. Yeah. I think that was another year um, that Mumford, the guy, had some heart problems, brain problems, brain, and yeah. they canceled. And they put on Jack Johnson, which I was happy because right. I could nap in the campground with just some background music. <laughs> 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 But yeah, I mean, 2008, it was great. The following year, I went to Coachella instead in 2009, was which that? was, it was different. I mean, it was what you looked like and what you wore, and it was just a different scene. Well, okay, like walk me through, walk me through how, uh, it's, a, it's a closer, you know, trek for you from Seattle to LA and, and Indio, but tell me what it was like when you got there. Was it a camping experience with you? Did you rent a house? Did you find people to, to stay with? I, I'm so confused about the Coachella thing. Of all the major festivals in the country, it's the only one I haven't been to, and I'm very confused about how it works. Well, at that time, they didn't have camping at Coachella in 2009. So um, I'm originally from Redlands, California, which is about an hour from Palm Springs. So I still had some friends down there, mm. and they lived in uh, La Quinta, which is right there by the Polo Grounds. So... Um, my friend Nancy, who was my Bonnaroo buddy my first year, she and I went down there to Coachella um, and just wanted to check it out. It had been on the list and, you know, I knew someone, so it was pretty easy to get there and no camping required. And that made it kind of a no brainer. Nowadays, it's, it's, I don't know what the camping experience is like. I don't either. And I, the only people I know that ever go get a house. That seems so strange. And I know we glamp. And I know that we set it up really stupidly and, and make a fool out of ourselves, but mm-hmm. it's not a house with a pool right, and beaver right. three doors down. You know, right. I don't, I well, don't we, know I mean, that. We, we did that it life. at Forecastle. We got the house. and, and Yeah, but the, of all, the, that's a city festival, right? Yeah. Like Coachella's not a city festival, but yet you have to operate like it's a city festival. And that's the crazy, craziest thing. And I think that's why you can't really get a feel of the culture and the soul like you get at Bonnaroo because you still had to go to somebody's house at the end of the night and drive however long or drive back to L.A. or drive to a house that you've rented for $4,000. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's just doesn't doesn't really doesn't really ever get into you. Right. It just doesn't hit the same nerve. I mean, so I feel like, you know, it's so dark and rainy up here. I hit June and it's like, yes, it's my hippy dippy vibe, new music. I love it in June. And then my past has been to kind of then in September go to Riot Fest in Chicago to kind of get a little more punk and a little more ass. 
to get me through the dark winter. So that has tended to be my <laughs> my, my <laughs> music energy. Though I've recently been going to Pickathon in Portland, which is like takes all of the undercard of Bonnaroo. But I don't know why I need the hand. <laughs> um, it takes all of the undercard <laughs> and moves it into one festival with about 3,000 people. Uh-oh. Really? Yeah. I actually don't know Pickathon. Is it like... Who's who's there? Who is there? Uh, well, last year, well, the Warren Treaty was there the same year that they were at Bonnaroo. Um, Alton Goon and Madhu Mokdar played last year. Um, uh, Jen Cloer, Courtney Barnett's girlfriend, was playing there, so Courtney Barnett was there. Mm. Um, you had people like Phil Lesh. You've had people like um, some Austin, Texas acts, like the Black Pumas were there um, two years ago. Um, so, I mean, I feel like that those are some pretty solid acts. No kidding. And you, you take these, do you even like go see them when they're at Bonnaroo or are you just like, oh, I've seen it? It depends. War and Treaty, you don't miss. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's you know, I'm like Alton Goon. Okay. It was a great show. I've seen him at Pickathon. I, there's a conflict. I, you know, and it depends where I am on the farm, how far I have to work, what my alcohol content is and well, you know, all of those factors that play into what you're going to do. Do you make a, a, a list or you like all of us, you make a list because it's something to bide the time and then you get there and, and you throw it out? Oh, gosh. My friend Lindsay, who was part of Roofit, he makes a grid, an Excel spreadsheet, that, and then he sends it to me and we highlight green means must see, yellow means maybe, orange means ah, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then he laminates it and we can wear it around our necks and it's about kind of that big. And so, you know, huh. last year just looked like a whole bunch of color everywhere. And I have a feeling this year is going to be the same. Yeah, that Friday alone. That's really, that's a really funny way of putting it together. Like, I, I wonder if there is, you know, a level even higher than must see and like five alarm fire. Like, you have to, like, you cannot, if anything that you see this year, it has to be who? Oh, anyone that I have to see this year. Oh, don't make me do this. <laughs> it's mine's, too hard. Well, my, my, it is really hard. And mine's, you know, I don't really know who mine is yet either. Yeah, I don't know I don't who either. mine is. It, oh, yes, I do. Well, is I, it, no, it's Yola. It's Yola. I've seen Yola like 15 times at this point. No, I, okay. I, no, I'm going to see the show. I mean, it's not going, I'm not going to miss it. But Yola to me is like the one I've been waiting for and dying to see this entire this entire time she's got just this this beautiful beautiful connection of of country and soul um if a little bit of war and treaty a little bit of tammy wynette a little bit of uh, yeah. of, of you know dan arbach i love and puts it all together into a package that's you know you know spiritual and soulful oh god i love this woman so much i love her so so much yeah i'm the one for me, and I, I have a feeling it's going to be the one that I, I'm going to say I have to go to, and then I'm going to miss year. it. Here we go. Is going to be the uh, the Talking Heads thing, which I know you keep making fun of me about, but I, I really want to see I did not make fun of you about that. I, I, not what I did. I did not make fun of you about it. I was just absurd. I thought it was absurd when you saw the lineup, and we were like, wow, our eyes popped out of our head. You went to Turquoise and not Miley Cyrus. I, well, <laughs> we already talked about it. I stand by it. That's the one I'm excited about. Okay. And Miley. My, I think Miley's going to be really interesting. Miley's pretty, pretty 
pretty up there for me. I mean, when I look at this lineup and I've seen a lot of kind of the larger acts over the years, you know, you kind of get, right. get you've seen Vampire Weekend. I've yeah. seen, you know, and so that's why I'm, I'm excited for, for like a Miley, for Lizzo, which I heard the 2016 show and didn't see. Yeah, well, we well all, you know, we that, that was everybody. <laughs> that was everybody. I mean, you find me somebody that actually went to the Adele show, you know, yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, I'll give him a hundred dollars. It just didn't. It just didn't. I'm not doing that, by the way. Um, yeah. But you know, it's just like I got excited. We got. We just. We, we just have these things, and like nobody knew who Lizzo was then. And if you did go, you were super underground and just happened to stop by. I can't imagine anybody being like, "You have to go see Lizzo in 2015 or whatever." I just don't. I don't know if that really was a thing. Yeah, I'm. This. This is an interesting lineup for me because of the top has more acts that I want to see than sometimes in the past mm-hmm. miley cyrus lizzo um but i really have gotten into the discovery thing that's the part about bonnaroo that i really like uh coming home with an act that i'd never heard of that's now a, you know on play all the time uh bahamas for me still i listen to, to that all the time never had heard of of him before before seeing it and uh those are worn treaty I mean, golly bum, that was such golly a, bum, golly bum, well, Gene Willikers. <laughs> every act does two shows at Pickathon, so you have two. No kidding. Yeah, so you get to see them on a main stage and then maybe a smaller wood stage, and yeah, so I mean that year was three foreign treaty shows, so that was pretty fantastic. I'm excited to see Camp. Camp was at uh, Pickathon last year. Yeah. Um, Colony House. I'm excited to see them. Um, I saw them do an in-store show in Seattle um, when I was working for Filson for a bit. So I'm excited to see them. Um, Oliver Tree, I'm kind of curious about that. The this, strut- is, this is interesting. Yeah, the struts are great. So, you know, here's what's interesting is you live in a city that you're getting these kind of things come through all the time. Yeah. And even if you don't, you live within, you know, 150, 200 miles that you could go to on a pretty easy basis, right? You could go to Portland if you really wanted to. If it, It's weird that you choose Bonnaroo, <laughs> which is 1,200 miles away. God knows how many miles away it is. And, and those are the bands that you're talking about seeing. I mean, Camp, Oliver Tree, those things are probably coming through Seattle every week. But, you know, it's a school night, <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's an hour drive up to Seattle, and right. they play till 11 or 12, and I have a day job. <laughs> so, you know. Good point, good point, uh, see, good point. I, I get it, and I make this point all the time. That's just something that's different about Bonnaroo and the fact that it's it's all right there, and that's mm-hmm. why you're there. You're there to go see music. I mean, it's an hour know. drive to Seattle, but it's also a 45-minute walk to Cineru. Uh, so it's uh, a school yeah. night. and a school so night. I mean, that's a legit, you know, that that's type of point. thing. Life gets in, you know. That's a good point. And you have a but, cat. You got to get home to that cat. Well, the cat is self sufficient. I, <laughs> you know, someone checks in once in a while, but I have an automatic feeder that feeds it twice a day. That's how I treat Barry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. What day do you get? Uh, do you get to uh, Manchester? Do you get there Wednesday or Thursday morning or? Does it vary? It varies. If I'm doing tent only, I've gotten there typically Tuesday, spent the night somewhere, and then been to Manchester by about 10 a.m. Really? Yeah, so that way I can get in line to kind of get in early enough and not have to deal with any traffic accidents. Where do you usually stay on Tuesday? 
Uh, I, most years I've done Nashville itself. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I got you. Last year we did uh, Murfreesboro, I think mm-hmm. we did. Yeah. Um, because we did VIP last year, and I'm doing VIP again this year. So, But my daughter's graduating from high school, so I won't get in. I'm taking a red-eye flight Thursday night. Whoa. Friday. So I'm sad to miss several acts on Thursday, but... Yeah, I was gonna. Ask, so your I mean, VIP, you the, you're not doing the tent. So I was gonna ask. You know, they're moved at. They've moved the tent only. I thought uh, you were gonna say they moved the hill because they did. <laughs> they did. They totally moved the hill and Thank they moved you. the uh, witch stage. Thank you. <laughs> I, I agree. Defense the witch stage yes. and, and angled it differently. See, see, this is why we're connected. They you know, by the, the universe. <laughs> yeah, cats. Cats, Lisa. Yeah, all right. We're same name. Uh, I'm being now. You, I'm being ganged up on here. Um, what was the decision to go VIP for you versus tent only? Was that, um, I mean, was that a have to kind of thing, or you just wanted to experience, or? Uh, well, I, 2008, I actually, my first year did VIP, so I knew what was, it was all about. Um, and last year, you know, I usually travel by myself. It's like my hodge, my pilgrimage, and I don't have to worry about what do you want to go see? I don't know. What do you want to go see? Ah, none of that. So, but I brought my friend from, um, West Hollywood to come with me. She was a bottom virgin last year. And so she wouldn't do anything but VIP. <laughs> so how'd she do? She do yeah, it? Pretty well. She was, you know, until you experience Bonnaroo, no matter what you say, no matter what tidbits of knowledge about, listen, there's going to be a point where you do not want to hike back over to this tent because you're over at the VIP hill or you're over at the main stage. And there's no way, no matter how badly you want to see that act. And, you know, until you experience it and the vibe, you just don't know, no matter what you um, so she loved it and she's coming back, except I've connected her with my friend Lindsay and she's going to come in Wednesday and actually go out to RV and then wait for me to come in on Friday and then we'll do the VIP. I, you know, I was just sitting here thinking if, if I had to describe it to somebody who had never been, I don't know that I, I don't even know where I would start. You know what I mean? If you had somebody that you really wanted to go that lived in West Hollywood yeah, I mean, and we actually, uh, didn't want to camp, yeah, I would have a hard time explaining what it was. We There is a guy that's going to go with us this year for the first time, and it's because he's been hearing me tell these stories over and over Has and he over. been approved by Camp Nut Butter? Uh, yeah. He, Has he? I, uh, okay. But he's, he's obsessed and petrified. I mean, to the point, I mean, he, he's got camping gear for Christmas and all this. He really wants to go. He's into it, but... He just can't wrap his head around what this is like, you know. He hears me saying it's great and it's fun, and we do the yeah. the uh, Bloody Mary tent, but yeah. he keeps thinking I'm not a camper, you know. Yeah. It just I, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to tell somebody like her friend or tell Lindsay or, or tell your guy the the Who's amount Lindsay? of yeah, Who's her Lindsay? friend. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sorry. are you paying attention, no, Dad? No, okay. I thought you called her Lindsay. So, yeah. <laughs> oh no, see how Amy? Huh? We ho Amy, West Hollywood Amy. Okay. <laughs> so, <We> ho Amy. <laughs> so, so like, um, it, it, you you can't explain the euphoria that you right. sense in some parts of the festival, and you sure as hell can't explain the struggle sometime around Saturday morning or Friday morning when the heat has hit you and it's way too early and the heat is driving you out of your tent. There's no way to explain that struggle, and she's right. Like, right. like you, you can't you can't explain how hard it is to get your ass up off of a field 
uh, off of the ground of a field in the what stage and then walk all the way over to this tent um, just because you wanted to hear Pine Grove. Uh, it's, it's impossible to explain. You just have to trust that the person that you're bringing along has, you know, a little bit, yeah. you know, less lazy than you. <laughs> well, we've, we've talked about it, Lisa. The ones that, that go to camp with us, Brad and his wife go. There's a couple others where, it's, you know, the couples go. But, like, my wife doesn't go. I don't think we have any other couples, do we? Uh, Tara. Oh, yeah, Tara and Jim, um, Joe, yeah. But it's don't, don't go if you're not committed, right? I mean, it's really not a halfway kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I knew she would be okay because we had gone to Cal Jam in Southern California the last in 2018, where the Foo Fighters put on a two-day fest in in San Bernardino, <laughs> and that's where I met her, and and I was able to observe her her festival behavior, and I could see that she could do, ah. you, know, you know, get separated for four hours, come back and be fine, yeah. and have vodka lemonade, and we're good, we're golden. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could. You could kind of, you can sense someone's ability versus someone who constantly needs to know what's happening next. You took her through a test drive. Yeah. Yeah, you took her for a test drive and you're like, yeah, this car will go, okay. I can take this to Bonnaroo. That's really, really interesting. That is such a phenomenally funny way of thinking about it is like the person you're going to take, you've got to put them through a little bit of a test before you're okay with them coming with you. That is hysterical. Well, it makes perfect sense because they're... We haven't really talked about this at length on the show, I don't think, but that would it's it would be a real drag to be with somebody who doesn't want to be there or who you feel like you're responsible for their entertainment. That is almost why I tell friends of mine, do not bring your significant other. Yeah, that's what don't I'm bring your girlfriend or boyfriend because if they're not all in and if you can't trust them to be okay with themselves if they need to go somewhere else and I want to go this way, don't take your significant other. Like you may love each other. You may really love each other, but you also probably don't want to be. Luckily, the wife is all in on every oh, artist yeah. that I see, yeah, and you, she is all. We have damn near the exact same taste about everything, and yeah, she's probably. got a spirit and a level and energy better than mine. So she drags me to things. That's the only way I would take somebody is yeah. if they were going to push me to go somewhere else. I would never want to trust. Some of our friends and some of our campmates' girlfriends to go with them to this thing. It would just be miserable. Yeah, it would be awful. I um, call it kind of like dragging dead bodies. You know, it's heavy. Yeah. You're trying to get it across. Yeah, really? and you feel guilty if you left it on the road somewhere. Eventually, I'm gonna be like Dexter and just chop you up just, and yeah. just throw you in no, the river. It's, it's a real, it's a real big deal. Uh, it's a big part of it because. You know, if one of you wants to go out at two in the morning or not, or go see this show or that show, and no, you know, you go ahead, man. That's the worst. That'd when the when worst. when the wife doesn't want to go, I've got a backup. Our buddy Nick, uh, you know, he drags me to things that I even then I don't want to go to, but he's pushing and pushing and pushing for me to to to, to go to something. Uh, last year, you you know, drug us to the other at three o'clock in the morning. Once all the kids were back and in bed, now yeah. Dad was ready Talked to go ready out. To go back out. Go <laughs> see girl talk. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, and in our group, we don't go in mass. You ever. Know, we, ever. It's yeah, very rare. We might start out somewhere and then... I try to find one artist, one act every year that I want the entire camp to go to. 
I made everybody years ago go to Alabama Shakes because I knew it was going to be pretty special. Um, I we made everybody go to War and Treaty yeah. years ago, a couple years ago, because we knew it was just going to be something that I think that we would all like this year. And I've said it, and I'll keep saying it. I'm dragging every single person to our campsite to Yola because I know that everyone in our campsite is going to love her. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's one of those every year. We don't we don't have many though. Mm-hmm. Keep talking about War and Treaty, and I, and I wanted to tell uh, I got to interview um them the other a couple of months ago they were coming to town and uh i i asked him i i said how awesome it was when he gets down on a knee you can just feel that passion and michael and he said (laughs) he said if i'm down on one knee in front of tanya i've done something bad wrong (laughs) they were just it's it's so much fun I love those noon shows. Um, Tank and the Bangus, when they played Sunday morning, that's why I relate to when you say, take me to church on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. I want something that kind of moves me, gets, shakes off the residue of right. Saturday, and just kind of writes my head. You know, you like so that I, Tank and the Bangus show, huh? Yeah. It didn't get, it didn't get too like uh, R&B for you? No. Oh, okay. No. Oh, I'm kind of open to a lot of different kinds of music. If you had asked me 10 years ago, would I be listening to country music? Would I be listening to Sturgill or Margo or any of that? Mm -hmm. Um, I would not. But because of Bonnaroo and that bluegrass situation on Ah. Sunday they used to have, you know, that kind of has opened my mind. So I find myself listening to more genres of music than I did before. Man, I've never thought about it like that before. Like, you know, yeah, we, we... we tend to oversell, you know, maybe how how important Bonnaroo is, or or AC Entertainment, or festivals in general. But I never thought about how I listen to artists, and then it's all because of the other experiences I've had at Bonnaroo, and maybe it's because I'm trying to search out where they would go in the festival, or if I'd like to see them on the festival. But yeah, I've never thought about how like it expands my mind to like things that I probably never would have liked in the first place. Oh, absolutely. I think that's that's it for me. That's when I when I first went um and and my morning jacket was not a band that I would have ever found without oh. Bonnaroo. Oh. And it's yeah. it's exactly that. It it became sort of a discovery thing. What are, what's out there that I don't know? That's not going to be force fed yeah, to me by I know radio. That. But what she said, what she's saying is not on the front end; it's on the back end. It's like yes, you walk in discovering things, but how does it then shape how you listen to Open something? Your, yeah, no. I, I, the next time that you go to discover something, how does the the feeling that you have of discovery on the farm then lend you to discovery when you're at Spotify in the middle of September or October before before you even know anything about Bonnaroo? How does that discovery then feed into everything? else in your life that's the part that i've never really thought about before well i'm surprised to hear you say that because to me that gets to the whole when you talked to ashley caps and thanked him for saving music that's that to me is how i know i'm, I'm not making fun of you because i knew exactly he's always what making meant. fun of you. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> well i mean i've told this story we were at forecastle in the beer barn there and it was I, not the beer barn it was a whiskey, bur- whiskey tent. bourbon the bourbon tent sorry the bourbon <laughs> it was just drinking the bourbon. And, uh, yeah we, we started pretty early and i introduced him to ashley and the first thing out of his mouth is thank you for saving music which <laughs> i like to leave an impression it's a what funny it's a funny story but i really did get what you meant and i i think it's what we're just talking about for me it going 
opened my mind to want to find different, not just acts, but genres and all of that, which I think we're saying the same thing. But, I mean, I'm a um, newspaper reporter, so covering music, Lisa, is what I've done. But I really was in a rut. I mean, everything was just so same until going and, and realizing there are 90 acts on this lineup and I probably don't know 75 of them. Um, but now I want to. And so it opened up Spotify and, and, uh, Pandora and all that. Like Pandora is a good example. I would have never listened to music that way before where Mm -hmm. I just pick a song and then let it pick for me. Okay. So let me ask you this. Is is it, does that make sense? It does make sense. Is it the, is it Bonnaroo or is it culture in general and how everything has sort of just changed in the way that we, I think it's all of that. I think, I think it's Bonnaroo, but then you get Pandora and Spotify and all those, they came on MP3s. I mean, just the, it's more accessible that way than it used to be. Hmm. I think. I rely on these playlists, Um, you know, what, Russ put one out, Bonnaroo puts them out, and I I download them to Spotify, convert them over to Apple Music so that I can just kind of start listening and getting a feel for what I like, and, you know, and then I do that for Pickathon and different festivals now, and then I might just click on it and see where it takes me, you know? Yeah, but you you seem to me as somebody like is is a musical discovery person, what about the person that's not into that? I mean, like, that's the craziest thing is like we I think we tend to talk to each other in our bubble, but a lot of people don't really care about discovering things. They want to be, you know, told what is what is what is big. And then they just sort of follow that. And what I would hopefully I would hopefully um, implore onto someone is if you have a chance to say no to I'm not dogging tool out, but if you have a chance to say no to tool, uh, save up your energy. And go to some other things that yeah. may may give you may give you a little bit of a different show. I just I, I do I do sort of wonder if I'd love to talk to somebody who literally just goes for the headliners, mm. who would just go because they want to see three artists on that lineup, and then I'd ask them why in the hell did you choose Bonnaroo? <laughs> yeah. Because you could choose these, you could choose that guy or that girl any time of the year. For in any city that you want to do in a much smaller venue and then you probably have a you know you obviously don't really care about the experience so the experience doesn't really matter to you right. and and then and then after they went to Bonnaroo I'd wonder how their mind changed I, I don't know that we run into many people we that don't. do that that's what the, I'm, that's the, what the, I'm day, so weird about. the day campers or the day um, uh, well, people are probably closest that I can think of, you know, that I would think, you know, I have um, friends in Supergroup. They were in Info Road, then they formed Supergroup. And I have people that maybe hear five bands the whole time. They just don't make it in out of Supergroup. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a festival, you know, and they have, you know, maybe it was what, Dead Mouse 5 or Skrillex or whatever it was. That might be the only reason they went in. And so for them, it was just about being there with their friends and in, you know, the pods before the pre-plaza time, (laughs) you know, where like Supergroup, they bring a circus tent and set up have a theme every year. And they have been, you know, in Rolling Stone for their their, um, encampment. And it was kind of the pre-plaza camping experience. So there was no reason for people to leave unless, you know, all of their friends were going, you know, to that 5 a.m. Skrillex show. 
the first time. Yeah, that that's a really good point, and I think that's I guess that's sort of where I'm going. Like, I guess we don't spend too much time with the people who are don't really give a damn about mm-hmm. the lineup or don't really give a damn about the artist. They're literally just there to hang yeah. out with their friends, and they might they might go see Tool and they might go see Fish, and that's about it. You know? I think there, I think there's more and more of that, especially as the plazas get better and better. Um, you know, uh, Charla uh, with Rubus, she, she's talking like, I may go in and see music, I may not. She just yeah. likes hanging out at, at their camp. So I get it. Yeah, um, yeah cool. I mean, I do get it, and it's okay. I mean, anybody can, you know, use their time however the hell they want to spend it. Um, but it, it is a different world that we're used to. It's a totally different yeah, world. Absolutely. I mean, you said like uh, somebody who spends you know their time seeing five acts, and we have somebody in our group, Brian. We've had him on the podcast before. the The son of a bitch does not leave camp. I mean, he would he would prefer to listen to the like. Give me an artist on the on the lineup. Just give me any of them. Vampire Weekend. He would rather sit in his car at camp listening to Vampire Weekend than going out to the show and watching the show. It is the most bizarre yeah. way to experience this, but, you know, he loves everything about it. It's his best week, best week of his Absolutely. life every year. He's the most unhappy man in the world. <laughs> but yet, but yet he loves that week of Bonnaroo even though he doesn't listen to music outside of his car. Is that the one with the Sway guy? No, that's Nick. Oh, okay. Uh, get high and sway. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just stuff. yeah, that's that's Nick. Uh, that's Brian. Brian. Brian uh, let me tell you a story about Brian. He's not here, so I can talk behind his back. <laughs> uh, this this guy um, wanted got a ticket for a girl that he desperately wanted to bring to Bonnaroo, and uh, so he finagled a ticket so that she would come, and so he they could watch Pearl Jam together. Um, so Pearl Jam is there, and he's ready to go. She. He's a huge Pearl Jam. Huge fan. Pearl Jam fan. He shows up in the middle of the field. I mean, this guy, I don't know how he did, but he snuck a cooler in. So he's got all of his Miller lights in a cooler. And he's got, um, him, he's, he's, let's just say very politely, a little loopy out of his mind. Um, well, he gets to the middle of the field. He's got a great spot. And she shows up. He's finally, she's finally gotten to him. She shows up and she goes, hey, thanks for the ticket. He's been trying to get this girl for years and years and years. Hey, thanks for the ticket. She turns on, I'm going to go meet up with my friend, um, Gary, some other dude, uh, literally turns around and leaves him within 30 seconds. The Pearl Jam show's over. Fireworks are going. Uh, me and the wife walk out of the pit and we turn left and we just see poor Brian Standing by himself, holding an empty cooler, looking at fireworks, looking like. (laughs) (laughs) It was the saddest moment I have ever experienced in my life. Um, Talk about. Talk about. Talk about a festival that would not love you back. (laughs) Talk about an experience that love you back, but you still keep coming back for more. Well, he's a good example. I think you like to discover. I like to discover. He he puts a lot of energy into the lead up, like anticipating uh, how yeah, great something's going to be, yeah, and great. then he's disappointed. Yeah, well, happens all the time. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> you know, some of us just go, "Hey, let's go see what happens, and if it's great, it's great." No, he hates it. I mean, over time, you know, I mean, Japanese breakfast. I wanted to see that show, and I was just kind of, eh. oh, that show was terrible. Oh uh, God, it was it terrible. Was like, 
the 30 minutes of dinking around. They sound check for half an hour. So disappointing. Hey, let me yeah. tell you, let me tell you something about that. Uh, and I, I love her, but that show was so bad. And I know the manager's going to get really mad at me by saying this, but I saw that show. There's a, there's a, um, what is it called? A trailer backstage where they do the sessions. What is that damn thing? Oh, it's the hay bale sessions, hay bale right? Sessions. Yeah. So you can stand in there and watch. There's like, you have maybe four or five people can stand there and watch the hay bale sessions, them recording into a thing. They spent 30 minutes on the stage sound checking. In the hay bale session, they spent 30 minutes sound checking to play two songs. So everything that they did on stage out in this tent was exactly what they did just a few hours earlier in the hay bale session. I remember the two people I was with, I looked at them like, this is not going to go well. Mm-mm. If this is what they do on stage, this is not going to go well. And that's exactly what happened. Now, yeah. I have heard plenty of people tell me that they've gone to other shows of theirs and it's been perfectly fine, but... Man, that was as irritating yeah, was as it got. Irritating as it got. What was the show that, that you loved you know, the most out of Bonnaroo? What was the one that you that you um, remember the most? <laughs> uh, my Morning Jacket, 2 a.m., 2008, with wow. the rain. You, that like, 2008 I, year was really good for you, That was you, a good huh? year. It was such a good year. And, like, I – my first Bonnaroo, right? And so I took a nap. I fell asleep while Chris Rock was on stage in my tent and then woke up four songs into Metallica. <laughs> and I'm like, where am I? What's going on? But I was trying to get a little rest because I knew like I had to see this 2 a.m. show, my first 2 a.m. show, you know? And um, it was just pretty pretty intense and amazing. I mean, I have seen them now so many times since. And the fact that it went for four hours, yeah. you I know? Saw, I saw two hours of that four. I didn't make the whole thing. <laughs> well, and it's just, it was just the most, amazing and intense thing that I had ever been to you know so now it's like I've seen them in Mexico like I love like Jim James you guys were crying I was at Jim James right I mean you know and and my other friends like listen how many years John Prine has and I'm like "Uh, no I have to see Jim James yeah I miss the John Prine show I I took a nap yeah. I take a nap. <laughs> it's very Sometimes you don't wake up in yeah. enough time. You got to do what you got to do. I didn't do it. Uh, so you've been to a lot of Bonnaroo's. You, you travel across country. Um, you go to a lot of festivals. You see a lot of shows. What is the uh, one tip that you'd give uh, a newbie? Uh, let's see. The tip that I would give the newbie, don't bring too much stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's plenty of people around that can help you out. There's always an extra chair. There's always extra cooler space. You just don't lug around so much stuff and worry about everything that you're bringing mm. and everything that you're bringing in the center room, you know? I mean, I think people spend a lot of time and kind of get worked up in that kind of like, oh my gosh, I need to have my pour-over my pour over coffee. That might be me. But, um, <laughs> but I need to have the chair and I need to have the rain boots and I need to mm. have... You know, all of the, I need to have food planned for every meal. I'm like, you're not eating much at this festival. Ah, sorry, cat. No, that is, <laughs> yeah, we talk about it all the time. The food, the food is the, uh, the one thing that you just, oh, everybody overdoes. I brought a, I brought a grill my first year. We tried to grill up a whole bunch of nonsense and we ended up eating, you know, cheese sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. this trail, is, trail mix. It's, it's yeah. just too much work. And plus, I'll be honest with you, not only is the, the food a lot of work to make it campsite, uh, but you really need to be really under control of the, ba- of the body. Absolutely. Uh, you got to be really under control about what you put in and be very careful. I don't really go too crazy thinking like Bonnaroo is the place for me to eat Asian food. No, I, I don't uh, really know if that's the best idea. I stick to the skewers by the witch stage. You know, on the right side when I'm looking at the stage, mm-hmm. there's like uh, kebabs. That's mm-hmm. it. And I stick to the Indian food. That's, there's a one brave. Indian food Very brave. 
that's really good. Like I could uh, right by the brewer's tent. I know it well. Yeah. Because oh, I'm now hungry and I need yeah. to eat. Yeah. Our, our, um, me, it's, it's spicy pie and cray musties. I got to get a cray musty. The vegetarian jalapeno corn dog and a, and a pizza. That's pretty good. That's pretty much my entire diet for four days. Pretty I will good. have to have an Amish donut or bite bite someone's Amish donut. Have a bite of an Amish Sounds a little donut. dirty, Liesl. <laughs> you say it that way. <laughs> uh, words don't always flow right, so yeah. you can imagine if I had it's okay. beer, that's delightful. There you go. All right. All right. And then Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks for embodying the, the Bonnaroo spirit from Seattle all the way in Washington, man. That is that is pretty special. And I I got to imagine if, if the Bonnaroo people are listening as much as they say that they listen, you know, when you have dedicated people that are not just regional but are all the way in, you know, Washington yeah. and, and are flying in every year, that's a big, big deal. I mean, we talked to Timothy earlier. He's in Dallas, so it's mm-hmm. – you know we're spoiled we're an hour away from manchester so it it just blows my mind to think what it must take to get you here no yeah no kidding that's that's a commitment no kidding i love it i it's just i'm willing to take a red-eye flight this year so i don't miss that's what's incredible you're gonna take a red-eye i'm just saying you better you better like nap on the plane because if when you show up on friday you've got a big day on friday friday is the most stacked day in the i've ever seen in a in a festival lineup before no, I know. I feel the anxiety and pain right now. Please don't. Please don't. No anxiety. Please, God, no anxiety. But it will all work out. It always does. Yes, it will. Yeah, absolutely. I'll always see some great acts. So I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. And I love no, it's what awesome. you do. I listen to it. And I like. I just scream at you in my car when you say something. And We're I'm like, I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember to tell him, yes, the hill moved. I'm going to remember to tell him. But yeah. you know, so be it. I, I tweet you guys, and I, I enjoy it so much. Hey, we we thank you so much, and we we love the interaction. And if there's anything that I think that we have uh, grown to appreciate, and didn't, oh well, maybe you didn't grow to appreciate. We already appreciate it, but we didn't know it was going to come. Is sort of the mm-hmm. we started this just to talk to each other because you know we that's all we talk about. But the amount of people that have become people that we really want to talk about this with as well. Is just mm-hmm. exponentially grown by the thousands. So now we get to talk about Bonnaroo with a whole bunch of other people, which is honestly, I mean, look at him. <laughs> what else? How many? How many more times do I need to talk to him about the same things? I need new blood. I need new people. Right? Different viewpoints. You need a little <laughs> exactly, bit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Have a great oh, day, Bye. 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 Among some of our Patreons, Timothy, Liesel, we've got more to thank. Sean McCarthy, William Woodhoyt, Parker, Parker Reed, Meredith Rittman, William Richards, Ross McNamara, Evan Brown, Aaron Carlson, Timothy Proctor, Catherine Riccio, Riccio, Gordon Silver, Tyrone Basket, and Melanie and Jesse Feldman. You know, we were talking about uh, some artists that you know, you've discovered and things that you want to see. I've recently gotten all in on this Ed O'Brien project, right. EOB. Um, go listen to Shangri-La. The album I got, I sneaky got to hear it over the phone because they won't send it to me, but I got to listen to it. My God, this album is good, and it comes out in April. Um, I am ecstatic about what this show could be, and I think it's going to be the sleeper. But, I, you know, going through the lineup, talking to Liesl, do you know this lineup is so good? I forgot Lana Del Rey was on it. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> How is that possible? I know. I forgot Run the Jewels is on it. 
Well, I've been listening. You know, I built, did the Spotify playlist, which is linked on our on the webpodcast.com. dot uh, com. I keep finding things and loving it. I have not spent any time with uh, Ed O'Brien. That's going to be next, probably this week. So there's a lot to find in this lineup. That's the that's the part that almost sends me into a panic at, panic attack. There's so much to find, and there's so much that I've got to remember that's even there. Yeah. Like I can't I you go through this thing and it's just so it's just so even across the board that when you forget that Lana Del Rey is there I'm really worried. Well, I'm really worried. The trick for me is going to be we've talked about before the the walkbys, you know. I I've made it a habit in past Bonnaroo's to to go lay eyes on somebody to to see them. Uh, there's going to be some of these where I'm going to want to stay the entire time. Well, I mean, this is why we always said, and Lisa said it too, about about not being a lineup-driven thing for her. Yeah. You know, I almost, I wonder if, like, I'm going to get to Saturday and, and remember that I really like the years where I didn't like the lineup the most. Yeah, yeah, because you <laughs> so can relax. I, I can relax. I've got, this feels like too much work all, all yeah. this, already. It's What are we, in, in February, March? I'm I already agree. I'm already upset about the, I totally how agree. much work it's going to take. It may, uh, you know, we always go with a plan and then it never happens. So I'm torn between even worrying about it and just That's a good point. let's get there That's and see point. what happens. Uh, so we appreciate you next week. We're very excited. Bonnaroo-Lette is back. We just spin the wheel and we uh, see where it lands and, and play some music from artists that we may or may not know. I'm really, really, years past, we have, developed, we have found so many artists that we love just based on Bonnaroo-Lette. Absolutely. And we found friends via Bonnaroo-Lette. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's one of the funnest things we do. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Uh, other uh, uh, Patreons to thank Haley, Nick Eatman, Lauren Edholm, Joshua Herndon, Brooke Tussie, David Solano, David Henson, Skyler, Sean McCain, Phil Nye, the Bonnaroo guy, Justin Negro, Andrew McBride, Mary T, and uh, Musical Antlers, whatever that is. But uh, I'm now intrigued ones. by Musical Antlers. One of our new Patreons. Let's, uh, by the way, you can uh, sign up at thewhatpodcast.com uh, or the what underscore podcast on Twitter. We'll see you next week with Bonnaroulette on the What Podcast. Hey, 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 hey. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter. Yay! With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.